Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Welcome to the Healthy You, Wealthy Show. I'm Adel Kozilski and smiling at me so beautifully is Faggy. Good morning, Faggy. Adel, I'm not sure. Would you be smiling after a weekend in Cape Town? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, I would have had nothing less. You look very Going to the beaches, going on walks. It's beautiful. Mary Ann, you're a lucky lady. <laughs> I am blessed. I'm very, this morning I went for a walk on the beach and I just said to my husband how grateful I am for the fact that I can walk on the edge of the beach and put my feet in the water before I go to work. <laughs> uh, before I got onto the flight, I made sure to go and ground myself in the sea. Just stand there, put my feet in, yep. say thank you and get back onto that flight. It is. It's amazing, actually. Just such a wonderful day. So connected and and just walking on the beach, just these little waves were sort of breaking and sort of just coming up to our feet and going back. It almost felt like God was kissing our feet with the water. It was so gentle and so pure and just so, I said, I feel so loved by Hashem at this moment, just like oh, I always do. But just it's an extra special, like he made this amazing ocean and we get to walk here and be surrounded by these incredible mountains. I think everybody should come and live down here. Actually. Well, you're making me jealous. So stop talking about this now because I've been sitting in rainy, rainy Johannesburg. I think I'm going to, I'm going to book a flight. Well, as you can hear, uh, <laughs> we are having Mary Ann Shearer again on a, a stalwart to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. Um, Mary Ann embarked on a personal quest for a common sense to health and well-being and her intensive studies into nutrition and natural lifestyle over 30 years has allowed her to develop a simple yet highly effective program um, and to give you health and to give you vitality. And today we invited Mary Ann onto our program to discuss a very scary disease. It's something I think that sits at the back of everybody's mind because we all age, nobody can uh, stop aging. The question is, how do we age? But at the end of our lives, and, and many of us uh, unfortunately have witnessed this with our, our parents, our grandparents, we can be um, we can be put into a position where we suffer from dementia, from Alzheimer's, from all sorts of cognitive uh, brain issues, and that really, really affects our our life and it affects the quality of our life at uh, you know towards our golden years. So today we're going to have a discussion around what it is. We're going to get a def definition. We're going to understand what's happening in our brain. And we are going to understand for the majority of us that are listening today, how we can do things, how, what, what, what we can eat, how we can live to either retard the process, stop the process, or maybe even reverse the process. I think it's a very, very important topic to be had. And uh, we'd love you to join in this conversation. 34519 is our SMS line, 061895. 1019 our telegram number come on and join the conversation because this is in fact a very important one so to kick off Marianne before we start working on what we should do and how we should do it let's understand the condition because when I when I googled it up and I said what is dementia it said dementia is not a specific disease but it is a general term for impaired ability to remember, to think, to make decisions that interfere with everyday activities. And then they start subcategorizing it into Alzheimer's and 
all sorts of 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 uh, you know known diseases like how, how do you understand it well i mean it's an enormous <laughs> subject um and in fact if you speak to most people they are like well we don't really understand it and everything i've read it's like we don't really understand it we're not sure why but actually in doing more research into it and i mean my mother's turning 90 next month so it's something that's right at the forefront and her brain still works really well and she's followed a really good diet at least for the last 40 years there are 30 of 30 or 40 years and it's made a huge difference to her but one of the things that i came across which is being studied for some, some while, but it seems to be more, people are more aware of it is, and I'm quoting here from one of them, it says, in people with Alzheimer's disease, tau tangles, T-A-U, and I'll tell you what those are now, tend to emerge in parts of the brain important for memory, the hippocampus and the entorhinal cortex, and then spread to other brain regions. As tau tangles mushroom or grow, and more areas become affected, people increasingly struggle to think clearly. And this is probably the most clearly defined expression of what's actually going on in the brain, the brain. But what these tau, um, tau, they're tau proteins, TAU proteins, and they're in everybody's brains. We need them to work function, to, to be in the right form so that our brains can function efficiently. But what happens with Alzheimer's pa pa patients, these proteins become tangled and start to affect the memory. So it's like these proteins become deformed in a sense. And there's research now studying to see what it is that tangles these tau proteins. And what is and one of the things that comes up is not getting enough sleep, interestingly enough. And another one is using too much salt in your diet. It appears to cause these proteins to tangle. So instead of being nicely formed, they get all tangled up and messy. So it seems that you... Um, that's one one article uh, that I read. Some of the study said um, sleep seems to allow your body to scrub the excess tau proteins from your brain, but that's actually not. It's not that there's excess tau proteins. We need them. Um, and this wasn't actually a study; it was more of an article. But it says now that they're studying why uh, mice and people. Researchers at Washington University found that sleep um, deprivation increases levels of the key Alzheimer's protein tau, but what happens is not only increases, increases the tangled. What they actually refer to here is the follow-up studies in the mice, the research team shown that sleeplessness accelerates the spread through the brain of toxic clumps of tau. So those are those tangled proteins. And it's fascinating to actually see the ones, sleep is obviously really important. And um, so is uh, not using too much salt, but we also know that eating some of the things that have come up, eating fried fats, eating too much animal protein, not eating enough fruit and vegetables, that's all come into how to correct this problem. And um, I've actually seen people that have got cognitive decline change their diets, and it either stops completely, the progression stops when they change the diet, or there's quite a considerable improvement. I've seen people improve to be completely functional. But there's another thing that comes up um, that indicates that indicates it's got a lot to do with our the way our bodies work, and and some of the research is showing that it's got a lot to do with the gut, our bacteria in our gut, because there are more neural cells in the gut than there are in the brain, and the brain is the gut is now referred to as the second brain, and so it appears that if your gut is out of balance, it seems to affect the brain as well. 
So one of the things that's come up is that, and I know that when I was doing, um, you know, just researching my mom and what was best for her, one of the things that came up is that B12 deficiency is very common amongst elderly people. And if you look at the symptoms of right, B12 deficiency. Can I ask you just to hold that thought for one okay, minute? Great. All right. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. You're listening to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. We're going to be talking about all things dementia and Alzheimer's. We're talking with Marianne Shera. And Marianne, you're saying that now we are getting um, we, we're getting a, 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 an indication that we've got these proteins in our brains that I'm kind of like as you were talking I was thinking it looks like spaghetti, like things getting a little bit <laughs> tangled. <laughs> yeah, tangled. sounds a bit um, like so it. So let's, let's divide it up because you said you said a lot um, in the introduction. Let's talk about salts um, and, you know, what salt should we be using? What's wrong with the ordinary salt? You know, I think that, that salt has, that does have a huge effect on, 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 our, on our metabolism. It's not necessarily the salt per se. A certain amount of salt we can handle, probably about a teaspoon of it on a daily basis. It's the adding of too much salt. And the adding of too much salt comes because we just don't prepare our food decently. You know, if you were to use herbs and spices, for example, if you were using oregonum and you were using basil and you were using um, marjoram, and there's a whole range of herbs and spices from cumin to paprika and combinations of, 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 different, of different spices, you would use very little salt because things like, for example, you take a tiny pinch of nutmeg and you add it to, you know, some paprika and some little bit of pepper and a, a little bit of salt and the paprika lifts the flavor of things like mushrooms and broccoli and spinach, like they taste, the taste explodes in your mouth. So it's really that we've, you know, our schools should be teaching children not how to cook to cook food, but not how to cook it, how to prepare it, not just going and boiling stuff. And, and, and traditionally, if you think of the older people now, they grew up in very simply ways of eating. You just boil it or bake it or, or fry it kind of thing. And, and so most people don't see preparing food as something to enhance the flavor of the food. And when we do that, we use much less salt. So it's it's the bad habit of just putting salt on everything. But most of that salt comes from pre-prepared prepared foods, you know, things like packaged stuff and go as fast foods and takeaways. And, and even, I mean, I know elderly people who would go to the local fried chicken store and rather buy it there. And there's a lot of salt in these things like MSG as well. So it's a difficult thing saying it's specifically salt because when we're taking in lots of salt, very often it's from fast foods, prepared foods, the stuff that we're not making ourselves. Um, to ease up, I mean, I, I had to get my husband to reduce the amount of salt because there's senile dementia in his family. And it's one of the things I did. I prepared my own seasonings by mixing different herbs with some sea salt. And then I did a garlic and herb one. And then I did a seasoning one. And those are the seasonings I use all the time because it makes it easier. But we're using like probably a quarter of the salt that we used to. His, especially him, I was never one that put a lot of salt. I didn't grow up in a home like that, but his family was lots of salt on everything. It would be and an so interesting then, study to know how many people reach for the sugar after having so much salt. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> I've done that too, go from the sugar to the salt and back to the sugar and back to the salt. But it's it's really just, um, it's, it's what comes in very often with the salt that's also part of the problem, is that very often it's heated fats, and heated fats are in implicated in causing these tangled towels. Anything that causes inflammation, like animal proteins, 
eating too much animal protein it's one of the things that has come up in the mind diet where they they allow you to eat animal protein and then it's only chicken and fish not more than three times a week and not bigger than the size of the palm of your hand which is i've been advocating that for years don't eat animal protein more than three times a week not bigger than the size of the palm of your hand and rather stick to to fish and then go for organic chicken not not free range is not enough free range just means they're not in cages they still fed all kinds of terrible things but then the bulk of the diet the thing is that that to counteract that because we could just focus on salt you need to counteract that by saying what is working and they've seen in the studies they've done on the what they call the mind diet and also the mediterranean diet is similar is that a diet that is loaded with fruits and vegetables and legumes and whole grains can actually reverse symptoms of dementia and uh, age-related mental problems as well. Um, can we just zoom back quickly with the salt? Um, yes. One of the things that I got rid of in my house was was the standard, the commercial salt that you buy yes. in the supermarket. And only the only salt that I use is Himalayan salt. You said yeah. the word sea salt. I'm like, yes. are you, like, can we just qualify salt? Like what salt well, is and what salt is not okay. Himalayan salt today doesn't even come from the Himalayan mountain ranges. It can be colored with things like it just has higher magnesium in it. And we don't know much about how it even arrives here. Nobody knows where it's you know produced and how it's made. So there's unfortunately a lot because you can charge 10 times the price for Himalayan salt because the hype around it is so incredible. So you need to check out the source, where it's actually from, where it's coming from, and then, of course, it's it's being imported into the country. So, in fact, the best salts to use are salt that is extracted from our sea. Um, there is here in South Africa, there's an amazing um, salt extraction plant on the West Coast, which, coast, which is pretty pristine sea because it's so cold. There's very few, um, it's very dry up that coast and the sea is very, very cold. So very few people swim in the sea there. Nobody does actually, it's too cold. You'll probably be used to death. And then the because there's not a whole lot of communities living there, you're not finding that there's a lot of muck and the shipping lanes don't come too close to it. So the hand harvested sea salt that is produced on our west coast in South Africa is spectacular. And it is got natural iodine in it, so there's no need to add it in. And we need iodine for our thyroid gland to work properly. And um, it's honestly spectacular, and it costs at least a quarter of Himalayan salt. And it's accessible. You can get it. Khoisan is the salt. I know it's, we use it in the preparation of our seasonings that we mix with herbs and vegetables and things. The um, um, If you... you you know, you can either make your own or you could get something like our blended salts. But your your sea salt, a Khoisan salt, you can get in any supermarket around the country or it just says hand-harvested sea salt is what you're looking for. But the commercial sea salt that, we, that, that you normally know. Yeah, about. I wouldn't just go and buy any stuff on the shelf in the supermarket because that stuff, you know, they, they're harvesting them at salt pans and the trucks drive over the salt and the diesel spills onto the salt and they're harvesting that stuff. Whereas the hand harvesters, they put anti-caking agents and and uh, yeah, they put anti-caking agents, and there's no need to do that with a, the decent salt. Hand harvested means they've only we oh, we've been there and looked at them. They've got these little pools and they run the water off the seawater off, and then they build it up with the actual salt. They build it up, um, and then they they let the, the sort of water dehydrate in those areas, and they go in there with white coats and white boots and gloves, and it's amazing to actually watch and see what they do. As I say, it's slightly more than your traditional commercial salt, but most supermarkets will stock hand off 
um, sea, 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 hand harvested sea salt. They stock it. And as I say, Koizen is a good brand of salt. There. <laughs> Mary Ann, before the ad break, you were mentioning um, vitamin B12. And I know, I mean, I've gone to doctors, like a functional medicine doctor, and he says that majority of the population is B12 deficient. Yes. In fact, what we know from studies, there was a big study done in Australia several years ago, shows that 40% of people, whether they're vegans, vegetarians, meat eaters, around the world in westernized communities suffer from B12 deficiency. And one of the main reasons we suffer from B12 deficiency is because we sterilize everything. We are killing germs all over the place, all the time. It's like people are actually obsessed with it. So what we do is when we kill bacteria, we kill the friendly bacteria and the friendly bacteria are what make vitamin B12. So for example, you pull a carrot out of the ground and you would just, just sort of to rinse, rinse it in clean water, but not scrape it, don't take the skin off. Those little hairs, vitamin B12 is actually a bacteria, and it actually clings to those, to the hairs on the carrot. But we're like, oh, we don't want the hairs on the carrot. Let's scrub them all off. And then we also, what we're doing is we're drinking bottled water that contains chlorine, and chlorine sterilizes the digestive tract. Alcohol sterilizes the digestive tract. We only need to remember when we were all spraying sanitizer on our hands, it's alcohol-based, and it dried your hands out. It kills all the friendly bacteria. So we're living in westernized cultures where we are consuming alcohol on a regular basis. We're drinking chl chlorinated water. And I'm not saying we mustn't, you know, in cities we have to do that because this, the water is full of fecal matter. But I would recommend that you filter the chlorine out of your water. You can boil it out as well. To a certain degree, most of it will leave if you boil it for 10 minutes. But filtering it out, in a, I mean, you don't need a fancy filtering system. You can just use activated charcoal to do it. Um, and vitamin B12 is also linked to neurotransmitters and obviously the bacteria yes. and sending that's, messages that's, to your brain. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm getting. So you, you're destroying your friendly bacteria. There seems to be a gut connection there. And if we look at the vitamin B12 deficiency symptoms, they're very similar to aging. And um, in, in fact, it says skin pallor, yellowing of the skin, extreme weakness and fatigue, sensations of pins and needles, um, mouth ulcers and swollen tongue and an uncomfortable. A lot of elderly people, you get this very sore tongue that's red and swollen breathlessness and dizziness, mood changes, depression and psychosis and irritability, which is what you see in people with dementia and Alzheimer's disease. You see that psychosis, depression and irritability. Some loss of sense of touch, walking and vision problems. Symptoms of dementia is actually a sign of B12 deficiency and loss of appetite and weight losses, which, which you see in elderly people with dementia. So my sense of it is why not first treat the elderly when we see signs of it? First thing is, yes, change the diet and the lifestyle, but give them B12. I mean, you can take it in a tablet form. You can get it in an injection form, but I think it should be an important protocol that we should be looking at is rather than drugging somebody with drugs, because the drugs don't help. If you've ever seen anybody with Alzheimer's or um, senile dementia, the medication that they put onto them doesn't actually stop the progression of the condition. It doesn't. But I have seen with working with people is get the B12 levels up and those symptoms of dementia go and the irritability and the anger and all that almost the psychosis that some of them goes. So I think that's a huge issue there. That's one of the issues definitely is a vitamin B12 deficiency. And we need to be looking at developing a healthy gut. And then I would I would take a, a probiotic on a daily basis. So I would give them B12 and give them a probiotic to make sure that the friendly bacteria, 
And then the prebiotic, the thing that the thing that is needed to make the bacteria multiply more efficiently is water soluble fiber. And water soluble fiber you find in every it's you find it in, more in fruit than anything else. You'll find it in vegetables, but it's loaded, loaded in fruit. Um, bananas, for example, contain more water soluble fiber than any other fruit. But anything, any fruit you can think of, whether it's apples or pears or what's coming into season now are the mangoes and the peaches and the plums and all the wonderful stone fruit that we get this time of the year, grapes, all of that is bringing in water-soluble fiber. But when I've looked at the diets of traditional elderly people, they're drinking tea and eating toast because it's just convenient and they live on their own. So you go through having a slice of toast for breakfast and a cup of tea, and then maybe for lunch you're having a sandwich, and, and then for supper you don't really want to cook and you might have another sandwich or you might have a pizza slice. You're not getting enough fruit and vegetables, and that's when you look at the mine diet and the Mediterranean diet. They are loaded with fruits and vegetables and legumes and fiber, and it all helps to get that friendly bacteria in balance. Which I think will that's, go that's, a, that's a very big, big comment, and I think that what you're saying is very true and um, – you know, I'm, I'm personally in a position where, where, where I have elderly parents to look after. And I was actually discussing with somebody else, you know, I guess because of their age and, and you know, what all the various circumstances that elderly people find themselves in, they don't eat properly. They either will not eat or they will wake up and just have that cup of tea and that dry cracker and then maybe, you know, a piece of toast of jam um, you know, yep. and really what, what, what you're saying is very important. I think that the first step in ensuring or trying to give them as much optimum health as possible is to eat a lot of fruit and vegetables and, 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 and freshly made, not, yep. not the processed things. And unfortunately, just the way life works is that whatever, they can't look after themselves or they don't want to or they don't have the energy and, um, you know, they kind of like work against themselves. And this is the yeah, time where you should, you should be focusing the other way around. Once you retire, you should be looking after yourself better than you ever have. You should be exercising. You should be expanding your mind. That's another thing that's come up. If we don't exercise together with a healthy diet and we're not challenging our brain to learn new things, it's one of the things I've been telling people for years. You need to learn three new things every single year, whether it's a new language or how to embroider or how to strip an engine or how to... Um, do bookkeeping, whatever it is. There's so much today that we can learn. I mean, there's just computer programs. You just, you know, just even if you're learning to play a new game on your telephone that you've never played before, even stuff like that is making more neural connections in your brain. Your left and right hemispheres are more connected, the more puzzles and problems you give it. So doing a game like Sudoku, for example, it's just doing that and then going to greater levels, not always sitting on the easy level, going to a higher level, going to a higher level. It seems like something silly, but it actually makes the brain make more connections between the left and right hemispheres of the brain. So it's very sad that we get to this place where we retire and we switch off and we stop looking after ourselves because it's a time of our lives where we have the ability to really make a difference in the world we're living in, to make it a better place because we have more money than we had when we were 20. We have more time. We don't have small children around and we can do things in our communities. And I'm always so admiring of older people who are very active in their communities and leading walks and, you know, encouraging them. And uh, this, the, it, it's just the most amazing thing. If you look at the, 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 how much they should be eating, 
And you look at that average um, diet of the elderly people, you actually see, if you look at the MIND diet, it says you need at least six servings a week of leafy green vegetables. You need at least one serving every day of at least one other vegetable. You need at least two servings of berries. You need at least three servings of whole grains and ideally not wheat, you know, brown rice, um, quinoa, uh, millet. There's so many, polenta, for example, corn, whole grains. It could be corn off the cob, for example. And then fish and poultry, they say don't, don't have more than three times a week, one or the other, not bigger than the size of the palm of your hand. Beans should be at least three servings a week. Nuts, five servings a week. Nuts off top of the list. And then olive oil on a daily basis, one to three tablespoons a day. That's that's when they're saying totally limit and try and remove red meat, sweets and candies. And if you think of older people and what they're eating, it's the biscuits and the cookies and the cakes. They're saying eliminate them. Eliminate cheese, butter, margarine and fast and fried foods. So it's very much plant-based and very much unprocessed. And it's it's very sad that, oh, well, I'm only cooking for one. So let me just buy something ready-made that I can pop into the microwave. And if you think of it, eating fruit and veggies, picking up a tomato and just munching it with a bit of herbs, herb salt on it and a bit of avocado with lemon juice, then that's the easiest fast food in the world. It's just that the ideas aren't there. And then, of course, they go into the retirement communities and the food there is pretty atrocious. It's right, overcooked. right. I think that also plays a, a very big part. We are talking to mm. Mary Ann Shura and we are talking about um, trying to avoid or to 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 stop um, dementia, Alzheimer's, etc. I have a question for Marianne. Three four five one nine is our SMS line. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine is our Telegram number. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kasilski and Fagy Stern. One of the other interesting things that you said at the beginning of your presentation, Marianne, is that sleep. Is very much connected to to, yeah. to this answer. Now I find that very interesting because, you know, again, just in in looking after elderly parents, it seems that they sleep more and more and more. So is it that it's too much sleep, too little sleep? Can you qualify that? I think it's quality of sleep more than anything else, because you'll find elderly people will doze during the day. That's not best quality sleep that we can get. And then generally they sleep badly. They wake up all night long. Yes. Um, and one of the main reasons for that is that they're simply not exercising. They don't spend enough time outside. And I've known elks, many elderly people to stay indoors the whole day and they potter around in their house. They don't go outside. If they're in a retirement community, very often they just stay inside. If they're in frail care, they're in bed. You know, we should be turning our frail care communities and our retirement communities completely upside down. These are enormous buildings and very often very little garden space. We should have lovely gardens. We should be putting the people that are frail and unable to walk in wheelchairs and wheeling them out into the garden for at least half an hour twice a day. But that requires time and planning on the the community. And unfortunately, the communities very often, and I've seen this, are run to be convenient for the staff and the infrastructure, not for the benefit of the older people. And that is sad, and and maybe getting volunteers in and and recruiting volunteers to come and take the elderly into the gardens and spend some time outside, improving the gardens, making them places where people would like to sit, and in fact involving the elder people that are that are still 
able-bodied to get involved in the gardens growing vegetables. Could you imagine if they had the older people that were capable of growing vegetables and harvesting them and bringing them into the kitchens, being involved in the food preparation as opposed to having a catering company that is making dinner at breakfast time, you know, and it's kept warm until that time. So I think a lot of that needs to be redone. And then, of course, when we have our older families living with us is to include them in a healthy diet. Um, you know, we, we even when we look at things like um, the Blue Zones, well, the Blue Zones are communities that National Geographic sent Dan Butner out to find the longest living, healthiest people over the age of 100. And they found them in an area in Sardinia in Italy. They found them in Loma Linda in Southern California. They found them in Costa Rica, in Icarus in Greece, and in... Um, what was it, Italy, oh, in Japan, Okinawa in Japan. And they found that the, the common denominators were things like they all believed in a higher power. And these people are completely cognizant. They're over 100. There's a Bob, for example, in Loba Linda. He's 97 years old and he still performs at that point when they filmed him. He was still performing 20 uh, heart surgeries a month. 97, wow. he's putting up his own fence. You know, he's physically and mentally sharp. And imagine how steady your hands have to be to operate on somebody's heart. Um, and they would be riding scooters as 104 and chopping their own wood. I mean, we just don't see that in our culture, for example, here in South Africa. You're getting everybody else to do your work. You're not using your muscles anymore. And, and so these people are physically active. They're mentally active. They're socially active. They're not in homes. They're in their family community. And they live in communities where there's a lot of support. And the, all the communities encourage physical activity, but no formal exercise. They don't run races and go to the gym. They are gardening, they are growing food, they are walking to visit their neighbors. So the problem is we live in cities, our neighbors live 10 kilometers away, so we've got to get in the car. Uh, it's dangerous to walk around. So, you know, the place is, is to do it. It is in gated communities. Make it walk-friendly for young children and older children where exercise becomes very much part of our community. And um, my husband and I are getting in the process of getting hold of the blue zones because they are they are converting towns and cities in America to blue zone friendly places where they're encouraging the consumption of a plant-based diet they're encouraging activities putting in more walking paths so it's our communities have to start if we could just start in this, our suburb and say look we want to make this more friendly and easier to exercise and safer to exercise so it's it's a whole thing we can't just say it's one thing or the other these proteins may get tangled in our brains, but why is that happening? Is partly we're not sleeping, but why are we not sleeping? Because we're not exercising. You've got to get outside. Natural light suppresses melatonin during the day and stops us sleeping all day and not sleeping at night when we're meant to get our quality sleep. So it's But then, Marianne, the it's even just the vitamin D. The vitamin D has an effect on our mood. It has an effect on our cognition. Absolutely. I mean, literally Absolutely. just getting an older person or and a younger person outside into the sun just to get vitamin D is a huge thing. You also Absolutely. mentioned before about olive oil. I've heard a lot about olive oil, how some people are actually taking shots of olive oil daily um, to up their, you know, their cognition and to help their brains and their minds. Um, and then going from there, can we also just discuss the importance of omega oils um, and then people that have these genes in their families that have dementia, that have Alzheimer's, to um, explain to people out there how they can, you know, kind of, either reverse it or prevent it and and not to be afraid that it's going to happen to them but how they can make these steps obviously we're discussing in the show um about the sleep and everything else but just to make it clear that it is possible 
Yeah, so speaking about olive oil, it's good there. Um, Omega-3s are absolutely essential. It's not in what you're getting from olive oil is you're getting mainly omega-6s. You're getting some omega-3s, very little, and you're getting, of course, omega-9s, but we make that. Omega-3s are essential. I wouldn't get it from fish oil because fish oil is highly processed and it's very high in cholesterol. It's the last thing an older person needs is more cholesterol that the body can't cope with. Animal cholesterol is, is cooked. And it's from an animal. It's not human cholesterol. So it's difficult for us to handle. We make our own in our liver and we need omega-3s to transport the cholesterol around the body. Now, what cholesterol does is it's needed in the brain. It's needed to make all the hormones in the body. It's needed to make the myelin sheath around the nerves. It's, so it prevents things like uh, multiple sclerosis. But you need the omega-3s in a plant form. Flax oil is one of the best. Get it into the body. It transports the cholesterol to where it's needed in the brain, in the nerves, everywhere to make all the hormones in the endocrine system so it's very very important and i would recommend at least one to three tablespoons um or like i take a product called amiga which i think is the best it's at least six a day but if you've got if you're in cognitive decline i would increase that to six capsules or at least a tablespoon three times a day definitely um, with your meals never heated always you could put it on a salad you could stir it into a glass of carrot juice juicing is really important as well is to try and get the green leafy juices and a lot of elderly people will say i can't chew this i can't eat it then your juice is a wonderful thing for that juicing green juices barley grass juice is always the most nutritious and then things you know like your other greens you can just the kale and cucumber and they don't taste as nice but you know just a green juice if you put some carrot juice with this and a bit of beets when you put beets in you also giving putting in nutrients that will help to transport more oxygen in the bloodstream which will help the older person have less less likely to have problems with iron deficiency anemia can that can also contribute to uh, dementia and mental decline because your body needs oxygen to actually transport more red blood cells around and red blood cells help to give us more energy and and it makes the brain function more efficiently so what would you do with your parents if you were struggling with them look if they don't live with you you can get dried green juice you can get dried carrot juice or dried barley grass dried carrot dried beet juice you can give it to them and that's what i do with my mom i say please give her this three times a day or once a day or depending if she's healthy and nothing's going on once a day if she's got a bit of a bladder infection which happens when she has gluten and dairy in it so I supply them with the with the um, the oat milk and the uh, gluten-free oat milk and I supply them with the gluten-free bread and the gluten-free foods that she needs and they very kindly prepare that for her and it keeps her free from her bladder infections but what can you do if you're in your home? Obviously, feed them very healthy. But juicing, as I say, is a very great way to do it. If they live on their own, give them the juices and check that they're making it. Go across and make sure they're drinking it and remind them, Mom, are you drinking your, 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 you know, your carrot, your beet, and your green juice every morning? You've got to remind them and then encourage them to to spend time outdoors, to have their lunch on their veranda. Because even just sitting on the veranda and having your breakfast in summer and your lunch and your dinner undercover, you're still exposing the body to the UV rays, encouraging them to do some form of exercise. It's a great way. I know when I go and visit my mom, I see that as my opportunity to get her walking. I hook her arm in mine. I'll walk her around the garden and we sit in the garden the entire time. Even on an overcast day, I make sure she's warmly dressed. She's getting that natural light and I encourage the staff there to please get her out for at least half an hour a day. It doesn't always happen, but they are better than they were in the past because they're more conscious of it. So, 
there you've got like you've given actually quite 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 a number of uh, of, of good pointers for, for for elderly people. We're going to go for a short break, and unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up. This is one hundred one point nine High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, time has run out. And again, Marianne, you have shared some incredible information. I think at the end, like I was thinking, it is all one and the same thing, whether you're, 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 you're 15, 45 or 95. It's important that what we put into our bodies and the way that, you know, we, we look after ourselves in terms of exercise and sleep and, 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 and you know, mental pursuits, all of that adds to a healthy body. So if you are in the elderly range, then you have got a wealth of information now from Mary Ann as to what you can add in supplement that will certainly help you. And if you are younger, hey, don't get to that point where you are in cognitive decline. Like now is the time to, to change. And really, again, Mary Ann, you're always so very, very gracious to come on to our show and share of your wisdom and we are very very grateful thank you thank you it's a pleasure and i hope if encouraged rather than focusing on giving up bad things i encourage people to start adding the good stuff the exercise the fruits the veggies the lens the light focus on what you can do not on what you can't do absolutely. and that'll help you add, yeah absolutely so thank you thank you enjoy the beach the sea when you're putting your feet in them and rather stickling your toes remember us that are high up on a mountain called Joburg. Um, as always. And if you me. ever do create a blue zone, come and create one for us in yeah, Joburg, I, I, for us I, people I, that aren't moving down to Cape Town yet. <laughs> I'm coming to Cape Town. I want to lure you down here with the blue zone. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful, healthy week ahead. We'll be back next week to talk about T the TM joint. Okay, many, many people suffer from it, including myself, and we've got an expert to talk about it. So Remember us, we'll be back this time next week. Have a wonderful weekend away.